So it means the scary, dangerous mountain. The powers in, that are in the mountain. It, uh, the the name refers to the spiritual powers in the crazy mountains, which can be very dangerous. Mm. It's a crow land. That's crow land right there. Crow land. Yep. Ready? Mm-hmm. Hello, everybody. This is the Gas Cap Renegades podcast, also known as the Trailcast. I'm your host, Levi Black Eagle, and we are going to go on an adventure. So lace up them shoes, grease up those nipples, and put some band-aids on those ass cheeks, and let's talk running. Trail running. The Gas Cap Renegades podcast. Trailcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Levi Blackie Kill here, always with Dr. Jason Cummins himself, live and in the flesh. <laughs> you must do it in another name there. Huh? I was trying to, but I'm one too rough, too, too rusty. I can't do that anymore. <clears throat> Out of practice. So how was the run the other day? We did the... We run ran, in the years. Ran in, ran in the new year, the new year's run. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was icy. It was very icy. I did it. The I helped Scott out the first day. On New Year's, on Jet, oh, I can't even think. December thirty first, and then January first, twenty twenty two. So on in December, I helped, and then on January, I ran. And it was fun. It was hard. We could have ice skated that whole thing. We could have. I was using Catula spikes, and mm-hmm. they were really good. Yeah, there were some younger runners who I know would have beat me. A couple um, got punished by the other younger runners, but. <laughs> The fact I had spikes, I just climbed up the hill and ran down. The I didn't hill. notice that those other did those kids have spikes. I don't think they did, huh? Mm-mm. Man, they were running just like gliding. They were gliding, just gliding. Right gliding. Yep. I um on my first the first day, I was at the turnaround spot. Then I, everybody turned left and came back. And <laughs> I was going up the road real slow because I didn't want to blaze up there. And pretty soon I was going backwards. And zzz, oh, your pickup was going backwards yeah. and sliding. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It was pretty cool. It was fun. Then when I ran it, I found my, um, towards the end there, my knee started to hurt. Your knees? My knee, my right knee started to hurt. Not a good sign. It was only a 5K. Do you think it was because of the spikes? I don't know. There's been a few winters where when I wore spikes, Uh my knees were sore. And I think it was just because of the... Really? It's just a weird landing and... I don't know. Could be. I don't know. No, I always, my knee always hurts for some reason. Old guy knee? Old guy knee, old man knees, 40-year-old knees. <laughs> I was going to say the other thing, but no, I wasn't going to. I can't be racist on this podcast, Jason. I don't even know how we could take old guy knees to that. <laughs> I'll tell you when we're off the air. No, it's okay. Speaker of the house. Been keeping up on that? No. They couldn't do it. Who are we talking about? The uh, United States Congress. The tribal legislature? They're going to do that too, actually. Tribal council. At the beginning, at the first, the first day of the first session of every year, they pick a new speaker. Or they don't pick a new speaker. They, they'll pick the speaker. Sometimes it's the same one or sometimes it's not. The government, the U.S. government? Both. No, I heard a little bit on the news about the U.S. government. And mm-hmm. what I find interesting is everybody always assumes that um, all tribal governments are the same. Yeah. Because um, there's been times in the past where they've approached me and said, how can we get in front of the Crow Tribal Council? 
And I was thinking, and our tribal council is the whole tribe. Yeah. And I, was, and I, I said, you mean our tribal legislatures? So it's a different. Yeah. I know. When they say, I'm on council, I was like, huh? Do you know I'm on council? <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah, they're all they're all a little differently. They gave us the uh, the autonomy to decide what we wanted to do and how we wanted to set up our governments. And then there's um, the thought out there in broader society that we're ruled by, a, like maybe a group of elders. Mm-hmm. You ever ran into that idea? Um, no, but I've heard about it. Yeah, <gasps> my friend. Which is, um, we do respect elders, but yeah, I know what I think it's in. Is it Rosebud? I can't remember. I don't want to strike that i don't have no idea where it is but they're they get like a elder of councils and their their decisions supersede whatever whatever really? yeah and like you're, you gotta once you're on that council you're like you're on there for life it's like kind of serious like business court yeah kind of like supreme court except for your elders uh is there requirements to get on there or you just have to you have to be 65 at least that's it long hair you gotta speak your oh, language long hair man you gotta be knowledgeable in your with skinny braids language in your culture are you making this up (laughs) i think that might be true i might be right just kidding i don't know i don't wanna i'm just kidding i'm all tongue-in-cheek i'm just making that up i think our culture is very unique in that we do respect elders but at the same time some of our elders have teasing cousins yep like their teasing clan might be a 10 year old Uh who can go up to them and tease them (laughs) yeah I know. Our, we actually have things written into our um, into our law that deal with um, some of the requirements are that you have to be able to speak crow, and you have to be knowledgeable in your in your in your culture, which is a hard thing when you go to get confirmed. Because how do they? How do you judge that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Yep. Go up there and start speaking your language or what? But how do you prove that you're knowledgeable in your culture? I bet, well, there's, as a tribe, um, we all know each other. Mm-hmm. We know who's who, and our families all know each other, so mm-hmm. you think it goes that way? Could be, but then, like, say, if it gets, like, a, an illegal battle, how would you have had to be argued in a court of law? Because it is written in our law that you need certain requirements for certain positions. Interesting. You would just assume that somebody would um, look at the requirements before running for something. You would hope so, right? <laughs> you wish. <laughs> we would wish. <laughs> kind of yep. like our um, executive laws for the for, uh, federal government are kind of written with the assumption that you're going to have a good leader. Yep. <laughs> right. I found in I found in um, my position of leadership that some things, some things have to be said. You, you would just assume that things were known. I didn't know I needed to say that. But uh-huh. you, you need to. It's like kids. You gotta. You gotta assume that they don't know the rules, and yeah, it's your job to teach them the rules. Don't assume that they know them. Don't assume, huh? It makes an ass out of you and me, Jason. <laughs> That's true. People are not mind readers. Not mind readers. And um, I was reading Jocko Willink. Uh-huh. I read uh, Extreme Ownership over the break, and I'm halfway through with. He's got a green book about leadership, and I really enjoy his um, his writings. He's mm-hmm. got some good stuff. Extreme ownership. Uh, when I read that, I think I was kind of, I might have been taking it to the extreme, because then I was going into every situation saying, okay, this is my fault. I'm, I'm owning 
things that may not be my fault. Mm-hmm. But then I think there was part, um, I might have been overdoing it. I think that if I'm part of a, 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 in a situation and I have a part to play, then I have a part of blame. Maybe I could have done something differently, even though maybe it may not too, be too realistic. Yeah, it, was, no. it's, um, it was really good because the pieces he talked about were communication. For example, if you're a boss or if you're even um, working for somebody, you know, what could you have done to communicate more? Uh-huh. So if you're the race director, what could you have done to prevent people from getting lost? Right. Instead of assuming <laughs> everybody knows where Autobahn is. Yep. Where, instead of assuming everybody knows what you know. Yeah. Somebody might end up running a farther race. Yeah, I know. I'm talking about our <laughs> New Year's run. <laughs> When I missed a turn, and oh, um, the race director wanted to disqualify me, but it went to committee, and since I ran farther than everyone, uh-huh. they let me go. That's good. Give me third place. That's good. I would have to ask for your money back, otherwise. <laughs> Almost had to get a refund. <laughs> a refund for our... Do you think we'll ever charge for a race? I don't know. I think if we can help it, we shouldn't, but I can see why people do. Yeah. I like free runs, though. I like hosting free runs and help hosting free runs for our community yep it, um, but like these bigger runs where people got to camp out there and stay there for 36 hours no, that, that makes sense see, because I know gas, gas they just water out there some things you can't drive in there it takes um, like um, what, what, it wasn't cow camp on the crazy was it cow camp was it called cow, cow? camp is on um, was, there, was there a cow camp on the crazies because remember at one point they were all dressed up like cows. <laughs> they had like cow pajamas, I think. We'll ask oh. Megan. But that wasn't very accessible. I don't know how they got there. They would have had to hike quite or a Or even ride horses. Yeah. There was that one eight station, there was horses out there. Yep, I remember that. But all of that logistics and I guess you would people wouldn't really realize it, but hosting events takes leadership. It does. Gotta have a vision. You got to be able to build a team of people around you to help that vision come to pass. People mm-hmm. that will help with the logistics and being organized, like even little things from how are people going to register, mm-hmm. um, how are we going to keep time, all of that stuff, and then forming partnerships and stuff. So, a lot of these um, race directors um, do a good job. Mm-hmm. Yep, and um, including me and you, it'd be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. When I first did a run, it was pretty daunting, but after a while, I was like, eh. What was the first run you hosted? Mom's Trail. Was it? Yep. I remember we you said were we talking were going to do it, it, and it ran up by you. We're doing it. Okay. Oh. We have a date. There's a flyer on. Just made a flyer, and then... Did we do all that, like, in two weeks? Yep. You had been wanting to do that, I think. You and you and your wife had been wanting to do that for a while, and then we mm-hmm. were just like, well, let's do it then. Yeah. There's nothing standing in our way. I feel like I would have needed to... um not needed, but I feel like for as long as I've done it, I don't have everything like off the top of my head. I don't know which year we are. Has it been five times? We canceled yep. one year. Five. Is it five? We did the Cold Nose five years now. Oh, yeah. The okay. Cold Nose 5K. Mm-hmm. Should be six, but we skipped a year, right? Yeah. Okay. Did we skip a year for Cold Nose too? Yeah. Oh, I think so during, four of them. I think during COVID, we yeah, skipped that one too. We should at least have a tablet because after every race, you're like, we should have did this or should have mm-hmm. that and we should little, write it down. A little AAR. What's that? After 
after action reflection, well, it's all still fresh in your brain. And you said, what worked, what didn't work? That's good leadership, Jason. You should do that after all your meetings. <laughs> You're writing a note. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. Well, we did, like, um, at the school, whenever we had a program or something, we kind of put it in a Google Doc, like this, this, and this. And then the next year we did a program, we incorporated that. Uh-huh. And that what worked and what didn't, we kind of keep those little notes. And so every year our programs got a little bit better and a little bit better. That's good. How many of those notes are still over there? I don't know, because uh-huh. even things like where where is the crowd going to come in? Oh, yeah. Um, how are you going to... Are you going to try to prevent um, reserve seating? Yeah. <laughs> no, that. it's a losing battle. <laughs> so in our community, whenever there's an event, we we have, um, it's just like tradition. Uh-huh. People come in early, sometimes like 24 hours earlier, and they'll lay down <laughs> blankets on certain seats. They'll tape them down. Some, they'll, some people would duck. One time... Um, Somebody put a whole teepee liner down and, and they saved the whole row, like the whole row of bleachers in front of us. This wasn't at uh, Crow, it was at a high school. And we went and we were like, oh my goodness, you know. I think it was Velvet was like, oh my goodness. And the, the, the um, person kind of guarding that row must have felt bad. And then they cut that and they folded it in half. <laughs> That's always really, and it's weird how people will kind of honor that. Like, oh, someone's in there. Yeah, there's, there's a blanket there. Well, that's how you save your spots in um, Indian country. Yeah, remember, remember, everyone was lined up outside that outside lodge grass to um, get in the basketball game, <clears throat> but they they just left their shoes there. They left their shoes there. So there's like a big old long line of shoes, like people who get raptured. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, goodness, good stuff, good times. One time we were um, there was a basketball game at the Shrine Auditorium tournament, mm-hmm. and it was like ten. 20 below everyone was freezing outside yeah and people were wearing blankets just to keep warm uh-huh. and when we got inside there was already blankets down <laughs> oh wow i don't know how they did it they must have paid off a shriner <coughs> bribed a shriner or something <laughs> to get in early fun tidbit remember the that native american development corps as NADC? a core nadc yeah. bought the shrine auditorium which I think is pretty amazing. Better smudge it. Smudge it. All the, That's cool. All the rap groups. I've been just kidding. Are there rap groups there? And other secular music. Oh. <laughs> secular music. <laughs> I watched um, Papa Roach there. That was pretty cool. Papa Roach? Uh-huh. Well, we were right in the front row, me me and Laris, and uh, Clement was there, I think. Uh-huh. And uh, so there was the main stage, then there was like a little kind of buffer area, like where there's big security guards would kind of stand and there's like a gate or like a little fence and we were right up against that fence. And then at one point that, um, the lead singer for Papa Roach, he kind of was right against the stage and he put his foot out, like stepped on that, that fence that was up against our chest. Then he put his hand on my head, like to balance himself. And pretty soon I was holding his leg so that he could like keep singing. But he was like, balancing. you were holding his leg. Yeah. Cause he was like, you were like balancing. What's on the his top name? Of the fence. Jacoby Shaddix. What do they sing? Papa Roach, remember? I cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Suffocation, no breathing. I think I can't. That yeah, you've you've heard it before. You you know who they are. I probably have. I they, they have a lot of songs. Kind of crazy. Look him up after this. He looked crazy though. He looked possessed, scary, but it was really good. Really good showman. And you're holding his leg. He's holding on to his leg like this, and Laris had the other leg. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that was pretty cool. Claim to fame. My claim to fame. Holding Kobe Dix's leg. Um, we have a special guest today. None other than the brain, the brainchild, brain trust, the creator of the Crazy Mountain One Hundred, probably the, the the mountain run for Montana, the hundred mile mountain run of Montana. Yep, I know Baders have um, they've had an unsanctioned. Oh yeah, and I don't know if there's been any other hundreds, but this is the one existing one hundred miler. Didn't Eric say he signed up for one? There was a hundred miler somewhere else, I think. Yeah, but it's it didn't continue. Okay, uh, I could be wrong. It could be. I don't know. But the, po- the Pony One Hundred. But this this is the Montana's hundred mile race. Let's christen it that. In the it's home, a heck of a in the home of the crazy mountains. I drive by there all the time on my way to Bozeman. Mm-hmm. I never thought for once I'd be running through there, and because like just thinking about how you would make a a trail through that beast of a mountain range, and she was able to do it. So. We'll get her on and figure out how and pick her brain and have a grand old time. You ready? Yeah. Does she know you're calling? I hope so. I told her I'm calling around right now. Okay. I sent her my number. Hello. Hello. Was this Megan? This is Megan. Hey, Megan, you are on the show with Levi and Jason. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Doing all right. Yeah, we're doing good. I uh, locked the door of my bedroom so my kids didn't run in and okay. <laughs> <laughs> create havoc. <laughs> yeah, we you know how that goes. How was how was your New Year's? Good. I uh, I attempted to go up to Mount Baldy, but um, oh, wow. we didn't get as far as we like. Have you ever heard of? <laughs> can I? I don't know if I can say that word on here. <laughs> uh, you can you can say whatever you want. Uh, we call a uh, post holing that's a really deep buttholing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were buttholing about a mile before the summit. <laughs> so you guys decided, all right, that's enough, so we, enough of that. We turned we turned around. We didn't want to be home at four a.m. We, oh yeah, uh, we were so, trying to get to the summit at midnight. So, so for the audience, post holing is when you're walking on deep snow and you you kind of fall in really deep. Mm-hmm. But um, now it has a new name. <laughs> <laughs> post holing's post holing until it's very very deep yeah. then it's butthole <laughs> I remember um, my mother was hunting <laughs> and he was walking on the snow because he was light then the guy he was walking with was doing that post holing mm-hmm. so um, Megan a little bit about yourself why don't you tell our our, uh, our, uh, our listeners who may not be familiar with you just a, a quick little background about who you are yeah yeah I'm uh Megan DeHaan. I'm a mom of two boys, married. Um, I'm a cattle rancher in Montana. We raise Black Angus. And I do a little bit of everything. Um, I'm into archery hunting. I'm into ultra running. I run long distance trail races. I am also the owner of the Crazy Mountain 100. Um, I do some leather work. I do all all sorts of things. I have too many hobbies. (laughs) So um, you're from Montana, right? You grew up in Montana, or I actually am not from Montana, mm. but I'm not allowed to talk about where I'm from. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we we know where that is. Yep, you know where that is. <laughs> yeah. um, I moved away when I was 16 and never looked back. All right. So you live in you live in Bozeman, right? In the Bozeman area. Uh, we're north of Belgrade. Oh, cool. Out of, oh, all right. Quite a ways out of town. Is that where your um ranch is? Yes. 
Yes, I'm married to a fourth generation cattle rancher, so that's All what right. we do for a living. Yeah, we grew up ranching and branding and mm-hmm. prick testing and dehorning and all that riding yep. calves when we brand and all that. Mm-hmm. All the fun stuff. Yep. I think even if you're not a rancher like me, but you've growing up in Montana, you're kind of always exposed to that lifestyle. Yeah, yeah we had cows and my uncles or my dad really loved us to bring our friends over on those days. And Yeah. Friends always had a lot of fun, and we got mm-hmm. free labor. I remember bucking a lot of hay bales in your field there. <laughs> up. Did they bring you over to stack yep. hay? Yep. Yep. I was really super skinny, too. I don't know why they brought me. So. Yep. Are, you, are you offering to stack hay and brand yeah, cows? Is he's that what really I'm hearing? <laughs> <laughs> for, for an entrance into the, into the run, yeah, I'll, I'll consider that. <laughs> and then um, we would go up the road and help other ranches, too, and payment was um, dinner. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. And is everybody yeah, I always always cook a big meal, make sure it's a lot of beer, <laughs> <laughs> and yep. uh, usually they're happy. Ropers are happy that way. <laughs> so let's let's transition into the run. Um, how how did it, how did it come to be the the Crazy Mountain One Hundred? Oh man, that's a long story. Um, I'll I'll try to summarize best I can, but mm-hmm. basically I took about two years to kind of get it going. Um, wow. I noticed that there wasn't a 100-mile race in Montana, and every time we all go out to run 100-milers, we have to go across state lines, Mm -hmm. and I just thought there's got to be a reason why there isn't one, or I've got to make one, and so I just kind of started looking around in mountain ranges that I normally run, and uh, just started kind of getting into the not politics, but like trying to figure out permits and stuff like that. And I, I really quickly found out that uh, a lot of the reasons why there aren't these long races is because Montana has a pretty good um, protection in place um, for most of the ranges that we're in. Um, so a lot of the permitting is basically impossible um, to kind of be in ranges. And there's, you know, there's good and bad to that. Um, the good thing is, is that, you know, with protection on ranges, you don't see foot traffic or motorcycle yeah. traffic or, or roads and all that stuff. Um, but I still consider trail running to be a very low impact um, sport if you mm-hmm. do it the right way. Yep. But so, yeah, I just kind of started looking around in ranges and um, the crazies kind of kept coming back into my peripheral. And um, I ended up just kind of, making phone calls and figuring out land ownership and anyone that knows that range knows that that is quite a task. Um, (laughs) that is what took me a solid year about is getting, um, the right people involved. Um, and that kind of helped that I'm a cattle rancher and I can speak that language to a lot of the landowners there, um, enabling access, um, and then um, with forest service permitting, you kind of, that also took the longest. It took about two years to get those permits and just kind of navigating all of the nuances of the range, um, all of the areas that you want to not go through, making sure that, you know, if anything's kind of controversial through going through, you don't want to go through there um, and stuff like that. It just, it was a very long, long process, but um, it seemed like a lot of people just started saying yes, and uh-huh. um, 
it started working out and it was kind of mind blowing. <laughs> awesome. That is. Yeah, I know because I, I remember running on the trail and all of a sudden a sign would come up and say, you're now on private property, stay on the trail. And it's like, oh. Yeah. So you had to go it's to bizarre. I, and you so you had to ask every all the landowners permission was basically so it. the only landowners that I need permission from are the ones that were trespassing through that don't have a designated trail. So okay. any designated forest trail has a legal access, um, but the start, the finish, the last mm, six miles of the finish, and um, one section past uh crandall is private so the race could not happen without those people well, I think and i'm grateful to the owners for yeah, yeah. Allowing thank you access yeah thank you yeah they're, they've been super awesome and very supportive um and they love the idea and yeah it's all kind of working out i like it so a two-year labor of love so then when the every all showed up and then the shane sang a song then the start line went off and it was like Okay, now it's now it's a whole new new. I'm sure that was a bit a bit of a a weight off your shoulders, and you got the. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that I think. I mean, I have two years of anxiety, but. Um, it seems once, like the anxiety would be a little heightened until the race was done. Yeah. It was. It was absolutely. Um, oh my gosh! When when Shane did the song, and then when the gun went. Well, I didn't have a gun. I I should have one, but. <laughs> <laughs> When the uh, hypothetical gun went off, all of a sudden, I thought it would be a relief, but it wasn't. It was like, oh, crap. Now I have to make sure these people don't die. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a real worry, too. Yeah, all these people have to come back to the finish or dropped. And the logistics of it all is just insanity. But fortunately, I have such a good – I mean, the volunteers that came out were – absolutely amazing i mean i couldn't have asked for better help so how did you wrangle all them did you just put out put out a call in the summer and say if yeah. you need some help and people just answered yeah it was that and word of mouth um we have a really strong running community around here um, yeah. everyone was really pumped for this race and there's a lot of people that wanted to run it but they weren't quite you know they already had their races planned or you know there was some circumstance and they came out to volunteer because it's just that community mm-hmm. um, and then there were non-runners that came out that are just friends of mine uh, who were yeah. just supporting me just mm-hmm. for that um but yeah i mean i now have a wait list for cow camp aid station <laughs> oh wow <laughs> it is cow camp yeah we were talking before before you got on the on um before we called you and we're like, it was a cow camp. Well, we'll ask her when she gets here. But yeah, that, yep. those guys, how did they get in there? I imagine it was, I was kind of looking Hor- back. I was like, Horse. how? Yeah. Horses. Yeah. I've seen some horses, horses out there. Yep. They have a eight mile pack in, um, wow. through private ground again, mm-hmm. and they have to pack everything in. That's why it's like, you can't drop there because mm-hmm. you either have to take a horse eight miles out or you just continue one direction. And the only direction to go is out. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's a commitment to, to stay on that one. How long? Like, Hiking yep. and they're there for what, 36, 40 hours maybe? Yeah, three days basically. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, Cal Camp. You know, uh, yeah, no, volunteers. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's by far the hardest aid station to get into, and those mm-hmm. guys are just amazing. They're all ultra runners. They're all just like, they bring the party everywhere they go. Yeah, they it, was, it was a real party in there, right in the middle of yeah. nowhere. Yeah, especially yeah. When, when you're tired, especially when, you're, when you go through the second time that, you know, 
they have they I think they're sympathetic to what you're going through and they're able to you know kind of keep your spirits up and, and, and keep you moving I think especially for being out there that yeah. long and then they got rained on and the middle of the yeah. night and to be able to still be like real enthusiastic for you I think it it would probably take another runner to be able to man man those camps to be able to give the runners what they need so we're real appreciative yeah, for, to, sure. for them yeah, one of them is going to run it this year too. And he, it was funny because he was torn because he didn't know, like he didn't want to miss being there because they right. just have so much fun. And he's mm-hmm. like, I don't know how I'm going to get to the aid station and leave because I just want to stay there <laughs> and help everyone. <laughs> so they're fun. awesome. The one thing um, I really appreciated, Megan, about the run was um, just a lot of times in ultra running, you know, our communities are not all, I guess, I'm represented, and that's something that you really pushed for was representation for, I guess, all trail runners and all Montanans. And we mentioned Shane previous, but you had, like, um, Dr. Shane Doyle, he opened up your run with a um, traditional Native American song. And when that happened, it was really, um, it was powerful. It was. It was, it was really good. Mm-hmm. It was moving. But, yeah, yeah thanks for that, and... Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it meant a lot. Shane's an awesome guy. Uh, he was able to do the same thing at um, the Bridger Ridge Run last year, and uh-huh. it had a really good response. And I knew that that was something I wanted to continue. Oh. So he stuck with he stuck with that position forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm sure he'll do it. <laughs> and then um, you had the traditional name of the mountains on the finisher buckle, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. Took me a very long time to pronounce that correctly, but I think I've got it down. <laughs> Want to give it a shot? Or should we? <laughs> you want me to, to yeah. give it a shot? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you go first. Awahapia. No. <laughs> Did I say it right, Levi? I I always heard it was awahapia. Awahapia. We're gonna look it up on the dictionary right now. Yep. Awahapia. Yep. Yep. Awahapia. Oh, okay. I don't know what yeah. I just said. <laughs> and, and I I put it on there just, I mean, for obvious reasons, but also I love the uh, translation of it. Um, if you look at the video that I posted on the website with uh, Shane's um, interview, mm-hmm. it means ominous or angry uh, mountains. Yeah. And yep. I think that that's a perfect... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, a tough, perfect... It's uh, a tough place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, you can't really get any better of a description. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, really is perfect. So, yeah. So how how did you scout out the thing and decide? All right, this is where I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm at, just I guess just probably part of the two year process, huh? But man, that was. Like, yeah, yeah. Putting a hundred miles together is actually really difficult and crazy yeah. <laughs> um, because nothing nothing really connects. Yeah. And a lot of the connections are off trail, and you not only don't want to just put people in random off trail positions just because that would create an impact that I wouldn't want. Yeah. Um, but, um, you also are not allowed to do that anyways, um, Mm -hmm. through the forest service. So just kind of scouting out trails and looking, um, looking at them on the map and then actually going in person and seeing if that trail actually exists is a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, as you know, or as you will know, um, once you leave Forest Lake Aid Station, uh, you go down to the lake and then there's uh, like there's a trail there. But then you get up on the road and then once you leave the road, there is no trail. <laughs> there's game trails. There's um, there's cairns and there's <laughs> some 
um, some mention of a trail, but there's really <laughs> just no actual trail. Mm-hmm. Um, they're working on it. Um, it just it hasn't been traversed in decades that I know oh, of. People okay. do use it, but um, it's just not it's not well seen. And so that was really fun to find out because it just added a whole new level of difficulty. And that's something that I really like. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so I don't know if it's everyone's cup of tea, but I enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) How long, how long were you guys um, marking off the course? How long did that take? Um, I started on Monday and then I finished. Well, actually I was, I was also marking it again on Friday during the race. So it took me a week. Um, this next year, I'm going to be a little more intentional about getting help because Wait, did I you, was... Did you do it yourself? I did majority myself. Oh my um, I had a guy help drive me on some sections, and he also helped for maybe a mile at Forest Lake. Um, he was with me, and then I had um, my two of my girlfriends did from the start to Ibex. But Oh, and then I did have uh, another gal do from Half Moon to Cal Camp, and we met at Cal Camp. Oh, okay. So I probably did around 70 miles of it. Oh, wow. Dang. Maybe 60. Well, it was marked really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was very hard to... Uh, I, I seen half of it, but the half <laughs> I seen was marked really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, 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 the end of it was hard because there's cattle in the pastures and there's horses in the pastures. And so, like, they would trample them or, like, oh. chew them up and spit them out on the ground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh they wouldn't like consume them, but they would, cows like chewing on things. So I'm actually going to get some material to test out on my cows to see if they chew on it and then use that for next year. (laughs) (laughs) I I forgot what race it was. I think it might've been the Hurl 50 and the elk liked that orange flag. And so they had to switch it to pink and then they left it alone. Oh, really? (laughs) Because a lot of elk took off with the trail markings and, Everybody got lost out there in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, that's my biggest fear. Yep. I know. So do you spend a lot of time in the crazy mountains? I do. I do a lot just to, just hiking you know, I want to be familiar with it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wouldn't send anyone out to where I haven't been myself. So, yeah. So how did, how did, um, the heck was I going to say? So being out there, when do, when do you think... Because I think Eric and Steven went up there. wasn't wasn't even very far before, but it was still like covered in snow. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, they snow. put they sent me some pictures of Sunlight Pass and the snow, and that gave me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, I know. I was I was expecting like a lot of snow, but I was like, man, we perfect timing. Yeah, I've been. Out, I was out there the following week, and it wasn't so bad on the other side. But mm-hmm. um, there was snow on the course two weeks before the race day. Oh yeah, quite a bit. It was, it was it was pretty amazing how um it was just brutal climbs and when you get to the top you think oh my god this 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 was worth the punishment I just went through like because yes. you'll never never get those views and the camera just doesn't do it justice and you can't drive there either you just gotta you gotta put in the work exactly. to, to earn earn those yeah I think views. that's what makes this race so unique is I mean you do have to earn those views for mm-hmm. sure it's, um, it's but tough once you get there the, man it's Earning Beautiful. those views is difficult. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I would say the halfway through the course is uh, more difficult than a lot of the hundreds courses I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. And it only gets, it only gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of people tell me that they looked at the elevation profile and they said, Oh, you know, the first 60 miles is the hardest. And then you'll just kind of cruise to the finish line after Crandall. And they were not amused when they had to go up <laughs> Mount Elmo. <laughs> So, I would argue Mount Elmo is probably the hardest part of the whole race. It looks like it on the profile, though. Yeah, but Straight it's up. not just the profile. It's just there's no trail. So you're bushwhacking and there, and you're just constantly looking for the route. And it makes it that much more difficult at that point of the race because you're so tired. Oh, yeah. I, we, we were up on um, going up. Oh, my gosh. After Cal Camp. What is that called again? Um, sunlight. Sunlight. And we were there right in the middle of the night. And yeah, that's was, hard too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was tired, and like seemed like I just kind of turned turned my head for a second. And I was like, "Oh my god!" It took us forever to to find the markings again. I think we probably should have probably should have had a pacer with a with a clear yeah. brain guiding us yeah. around. <laughs> Good thing we were together though. But I remember at one point yeah. I looked at my watch, and my watch was telling me I think it was just like pointing me where the finish line was, not necessarily like where the course oh, was. I was like, I, "This can't yeah. be the thingy," but luckily we found it and made her way and Bob's your uncle, but yeah. I think, if, um, <laughs> I think the best, the best tool one could have on this course, honestly, is the GPX file downloaded to their phone. Mm-hmm. And I know that because I used that to find the trails when I was routing this course. Mm. Okay. Put it on your phone. Yeah. So you can put it on your phone. You can get, um, uh, Cal Topo is a free resource. And you can download the GPX file from my website and just download it onto your phone. Or you can use um, Gaia GPS. Okay. Yep, Gaia works really well. I use that primarily for routing. Mm -hmm. Anytime I run a hundred mile race, I put I download the file onto my Gaia app, and then you just if it's downloaded, then you go into your phone and you download the um, the topo and the forest map layer. You download it and then you can use it. Just set your phone into airplane mode and it'll it'll last the whole race. Mm-hmm. And then anytime you get lost, you just pull out your phone and it'll see exactly where you are and you'll be able to navigate straight to the trail. All right. I'll keep it's that. very useful. Was it's it, what, it's was much it, better than the watch. What was it called? Cal Topo? Cal Topo, C-A-L Topo or Gaia. I've never used a Cal Topo app, but I actually just noticed that they did have one. So oh. I'm actually downloading it and looking at it myself. I, I know that one's a free one. I downloaded it and I remember I was using it at first. I said, okay, it's loading. Then when I got in the mountains, and I was trying to check it again. It's like the route just kind of disappeared. I must not have been, yeah. I needed to mess around. You must not have downloaded, you must not have downloaded the map uh, layer. So okay. you still have to download the map layer. You can download the DPX file, but it won't work unless you have the layer because when you're out of service, it, it can't download the internet or the data. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I, that was my mistake. Yeah. So it was all, everything got all, it was all done, good to go. What, what, what was some of the, the takeaways after after the race, the inaugural one? Oh my gosh. Um, I need to sleep more. <laughs> <laughs> I was up for over 50 hours straight. I just couldn't oh, wow. sleep. Uh, I didn't want anything to go bad, but mm-hmm. I realized that I need to sleep to have a clear brain function. Yep. yep. Um, but yeah, I think over overwhelmingly was um, just how awesome all the runners are and all the, our community. I really just felt everyone kind of 
put their faith in me. It's a first year event and those never go well (laughs) historically. um, But uh, I mean, the race sold out and that's pretty huge for a first year. Um, And so I knew that there was a lot of support there and there was a lot of really great runners. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of folks from Montana, which was really cool to see because we don't get that a lot. We don't get a lot of, uh, you know, local runners out here. Mm. Um, And just the, honestly, the diversity of it all was really awesome to see. Everyone was super supportive of each other, at least that I saw. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got a lot of great feedback from just everyone. Everyone was just overjoyed to have um, an event in our, you know, on our home ground. Definitely, especially such a. It was a good one. Like it's tough. a big event. You had a lot of great partners, a lot of great sponsors. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it was good. Your aid stations were. The vibe was really encouraging and perfect. And I know having that track around me made me feel a little bit better. Yeah, it was yeah. great to be able to watch everyone. Yeah, um, that oh, was yeah, kind that, of a must. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then my family. It's was very able to keep expensive an to hire those, but uh, it's I'll worth bet. it. I'll bet. <laughs> I can't imagine. So, are any changes coming to the next race? Um, there might be one little tweak um, to a piece of private land from Crandall. Um, we might go up a different drainage, but that's to be determined once the snow melts. Mm. Um, just because the landowner wants us to go to a different way. Oh, okay. um, but uh, either or, really. But that's about the only different change um, that might come, other than kind of logistical things. Um, nothing that really will make a difference to any of the runners okay so this year it sold out and what was like a pretty quick three days three days yeah <laughs> I, was, I was keeping track of that. yeah it was amazing so any any uh any lot of foreigners not foreigners when i say foreigners i mean not montana <laughs> yeah yeah because oh. <laughs> yeah. i can so i haven't if somebody, really itemized that yet but. if somebody um makes it past one montana winter and stays then that's how they become a montana citizen all right. Yeah, especially yeah. this winter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that was... <laughs> was it 20, 30 below? We had negative 48. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And negative 70, negative 70 wind chill in northern mm-hmm. Montana. Oof. Oof. For all our Yellowstone fans out there. <laughs> no. It's cold. Do we, do we have to bring up Yellowstone? <laughs> <laughs> they Yellowstone did. is fake. Everybody... <laughs> it's a lot of people that... Um, on the east coast they say where are you from and if they're here I'm from Montana the first thing they ask is Yellowstone they all love yep. the show wow yep try yeah. being a cattle rancher from Yellowstone yeah. oh, they think we have they think we just murder people oh, for our <laughs> 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 oh man hey so they film a lot out in crazies huh they did actually um, the crazy mountain ranch they did a lot of the filming there I know a lot of the people involved in that um, and yeah. then they did a lot at that Oh, I can't remember what the actual name of the ranch is, but it's not in the valley. It's in a different valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, me and me, my dad and my brother, and we had to build, put up a couple of teepees and a couple of sweat lodges for one of the scenes over there. Oh, oh there's cool! Like, oh. It's like I think we're gonna run. This is where we run. Or, I think we're gonna run over this way. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The the ranch is just uh, south of of where they filmed, or the 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 filming area is just south of the trail that we mm-hmm. ran on. Yep, there was one security guard. He brought up Yellowstone, and I gave him all my negative. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I told him, 
it's not how it is and it's actually kind of hurt the community it hasn't hurt the community but like <laughs> so many people come from out of state and the housing market and this yeah. and that and then he said well aside from all that you better give it a watch it's a good story because <laughs> i hadn't watched it yet <laughs> so after that i've unfortunately I w- watched it after that i've um i watched the first episode that's it mm-hmm. oh that's the problem. You can't watch the first one and get a good idea of what it's yeah, like. I ain't watching this. It's like the <laughs> old. Yeah, it's like. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it reminded me of the old time show. Um, is it called Dallas? Mm, oh, yeah. Soap opera. Yeah, the old soap opera thing, <laughs> Dallas. Oh, it's like yeah, that's what it is. But my brother. My favorite and, part. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say my brother was in. Oh, it wasn't Yellowstone. How was what was that show? His he was like in the spinoff, eighteen. 18- 1886 or 1883? No, he was in, he was, he was back in the late 1800s, that show. Mm. Yeah. That big old wig? Yeah. <laughs> yep, my brother was one of them guys. So Took his on. horses That's out. Funny. And, it is. Um, so the, the, the cap on the runners, is that part of, the, just, is that how many permits you're allowed or what? Or yeah, just? so the first year we were 150 and that's just kind of what the forest and I discussed of what would be sustainable mm-hmm. and then this year I actually applied to get 50 more Mm -hmm. because um, in order to be a Western States qualifier, I need more uh, finishers. And there was just no way to get those finishers with 150 because I need around a hundred. So I applied to do that. And then, so if we get around a hundred finishers this year, which statistically speaking, we should, because we have the first year we had around a 55% finish rate. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the goal. And then uh, I would love to get a hard rock qualifier. So we're kind of working on that too. But those are the only two races that I would ever apply for. Oh, wow. What about like um, UTMB points? I will not apply for those. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What was the last, Um, um, you said the hundreds that you have participated in. Um, Which hundreds have you participated in? Yeah, um, I did TNOA. 100 in Washington, and then I've done um, the Bear oh. 100, and I attempted I'm Tough. Um, I DNF'd that one. That was my first one, mm-hmm. and uh, that was rough, but uh, but yeah. I've done those. I've finished two so far, but then I've also crewed and paced uh, several other hundreds with other runners. Mm-hmm. Um, how, did you, are, how did you get into ultra marathons? Um, well, one of the gals that I've paced for, her name's Nikki. She, uh, she was a elite runner, um, for Hoka and then, yep. All right. Um, she kind of got me into running way back when, and I thought she was crazy, but I followed (laughs) her around and trained with her a bunch and she still is crazy, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, I was able to kind of, uh, pace her and crew her and kind of pick her brain and uh, learn about the community and the, all the ultra races around. And um, it was just really inspiring to me. And then uh, when I, she got into hard rock several years ago and we got to go, we had a huge group of, of our good friends went up there and crewed and paced her there too. And that kind of really did me in. And uh, after seeing her do that, with a like a broken foot, she still oh, took man. second place. Yeah. <laughs> um, that really lit a fire within me, thinking, okay, maybe I can actually do this. I mm-hmm. mean, not that I would be at all as good as Nikki, but I could probably finish one. Is kind of where I was going, and so yeah, I just kind of 
started running longer distances, running 50s, running 100Ks, 120Ks. And then eventually I bit off the 100 miler and absolutely fell in love with it. Nice. Nice. Do you ever think that um, I've, I host a run, I think about maybe about my fifth or sixth year now, and I've never got to run it. Do you ever think that you'll get to get to get to run this? I hope so. That's the one downfall to all of this is that we finally have one in Montana. That's yeah. something I would absolutely run and mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, my goal is once it's kind of a well-oiled machine that one of, you know, someone I know that has been with me from the beginning can mm-hmm. just kind of take my spot for the year. I would love to run it. Um, be good. There was, I mean, um, I've ran the whole course over and over and over again. I just oh, yeah. never ran it all the way through. Mm-hmm. The guy who made the, uh, the New York City Marathon, he never got to run it until I think like the last year. Uh, hopefully it's not the same for everybody, but the year before he died, I think he ran it, but he was still alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's comforting. So don't, don't run your own Maybe race. No, wait, There's the wisdom we get there is don't run your own race. But he was, um, he was, still, he was still race directing on the course. Like he had his phone and like telling, I don't know, but you couldn't do that anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> anyhow that's just a little tidbit for you thank you for that <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah it was um it was a good race I'm, we're looking forward to this coming year i think hopefully yeah. we'll, we'll have a little bit better luck but i think yeah. we're gonna we're gonna i think what we need to work on i think we're gonna do it what was the um finisher rate this year for the inaugural uh, we had 73 finishers and then we had 132 starters. Oh, wow. We had about, oh, we had probably, well, I can't do the math. I'm going to do the math wrong, but 10 or so, 10 or 15 drops um, from the race close to race day. And then by then oh, okay. you go through the wait list because no one's going to sign up for a yeah. race the day before. Well, some, some would, um, but then we had, you know, four, maybe no shows. So is that but, like uh, a... Almost like a fifty percent finish rate for the first year. Yeah, just over fifty-five, or I just think, around fifty-five. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder what the average is because the bighorn the year before that was like forty percent dropped. Remember? Yeah, mm. it, I actually did look that up, and it's all over the board. Mm. Um, it just really depends on the race, the uh, competitiveness of it. But fifty-five percent's pretty good yeah. on average. I've seen them as low as twenty percent or thirty percent. But oh, wow. But then, but then there's also like 70%. It just, it really just depends on the course. Mm. Um, I have been asking a lot of folks just kind of what they thought comparatively to other races. Um, one gentleman I know ran Hard Rock and he said it was, if if the race was at the elevation that Hard Rock was, then it would be harder. Oh, wow. Just because of the terrain, mm-hmm. the footing, the everything's just a lot harder. Um, yep. but we don't have the elevation. Um, and I've heard it was harder than Leadville by far. Um, and I guess another gal just told me the other day, it was definitely harder than run rabbit. Hmm. So kind of just a good, I don't know, uh, comparison for people wanting to know how difficult it is. It's very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy. It's ominous. No. It is. It's an ominous race. It's crazy. An ominous mountain. Yep. You have to be crazy. Yep. <laughs> it's all in the name. <laughs> so, um, do you ever think you'll have to uh, go to a, go to a lottery? I think, I think, I think, I think it might be going there. 
uh, I really don't want to, mm-hmm. but I think it's probably inevitable. Um, it won't be a lottery next year. Um, I was surprised I think, the Bridger Ridge Run uses a lottery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Bridger Ridge Run became a lottery because it would sell out within a few minutes. And all of the guys that have ran it for decades were having a hard time getting online and getting their registration <laughs> in in time. Getting and on that's the, the internet. That's the honest truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, internet. So they were kind of catering to that. Um, at least that's the story I was told before I was uh, before I got so involved in the race. Um, <laughs> and politics of and tr- racing. Was, yep. Yeah, that was the first year that I entered the lottery. I got in, and that's what they had told me is they switched to lottery because of that. Interesting. So I won't switch to lottery unless it's absolutely necessary. Yep. Um, I like the way it's it's. I'm doing it now, you mm-hmm. know. But uh, but if we do do lottery, I'll definitely have some stipulations there and have a little bit of control over um, some things. But we'll see. So do you have any um, races that you're going to be participating in this year? Yeah, I signed up for uh, Bighorn 100. Nice. And then I signed up uh, on accident for Run Rabbit. On accident. (laughs) (laughs) At 11.57 from Baldy or from uh, Yoga Point in the Bridgers (laughs) right before the price increase went up. (laughs) Um, I had a girlfriend say so she was signing up for it, so I kind of took the bait. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that one because you can't have any pacers, and it's a very strict cutoff. It's like a 30-hour cutoff. Oh, wow. So it's kind of a fun challenge uh, for me. So was and you- then, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, and then I'm going to try to put in for the Hurt 100, but that lottery starts in August. Is that the one in Hawaii? Yeah. That'd be yeah. fun. That'd be fun. So is the, the cutoff, the 36 hours, is that part of like in order to be a qualifier for these other runs or is that up to nope. up to you? Nope. That's up to me. Um, I've gone back and forth about this probably 5,000 times. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason for the cutoff, well, there's many reasons. Um, one of them is safety. Um, the, I mean, you guys have seen the train. It's mm-hmm. very, very remote. Yeah. And so the longer a person's out there, the more uh, likely they are to get hurt or lost or injured. And I just, after talking with search and rescue and all of my safety people, they just want as well as me to just make sure that people are getting off the course at reasonable times. Um, It's still very tight. Um, It's still a very hard cutoff, but it ensures that people are moving at a rate fast enough to where it's the most is if it could be safe that's kind of a barrier of safety is what we kind of came up with Mm. um the other issue is sunlight descent is very difficult especially in the dark and i don't want anyone being overly tired there and so it kind of forces people to go there quicker Mm. and then the other issue is just timing of the run so um if we end the run at 6 p.m., then that gives us three more hours of daylight. And that's giving us three more hours of daylight to just make sure people are off the course. Yep. And that just gives us a window of um, safety is there as well. 
So there's a lot that goes into it, but uh, mm-hmm. I looked up other races and their qualifiers and their difficulty ratings, and it seemed to be in line with ones that were around that difficulty. All right. Well, Megan, thank you so. Hey, oh, one thing I wanted to say: the um, the mount. What's it called? Mountain tough. Yeah. That's awesome. I like it. Yeah. Meanwhile. Yeah. It's awesome. I use it all the time. Diligent. I didn't realize they were in Bozeman. So how did that? Yeah. They're right here. They're Dustin Diefenderfer is the owner. He's a super stand up guy. Mm -hmm. Um, He helped at uh, one of the aid stations last year. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, they just wanted to partner with us and be a good resource for the runners. And I appreciate it because people need to not uh, neglect strength training while training for this race. <laughs> yep. I think this might, this might've been the missing piece from last year. So this is what's going to get us over yeah. that hump. We were, yeah, we, for sure. we started off with the, it's um, more than a hump. It's like a giant mountain. Oh yeah. It's a giant mountain. <laughs> <laughs> it's a proper mountain. Yep. It's yeah. not a hump. <laughs> We've been starting with the, um, the on-ramp, the body weight. I, I, I don't think, mm, I, yeah. does she ever say her name? I don't even know what her name is. The, the lady. I don't know. I haven't. I'm. I'm actually wanting to start that one too, mm-hmm. but I haven't. I haven't looked at it yet. So we're. Well, if we finish that this week, then I'm not sure which one we go to next week. But I'm. I bet we'll figure it out. Yeah, I really like the kettlebell ones. Those are fun. Yeah, it's. And, and the daily workouts are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but wanted to say say thank you for that. That was that was that was a nice treat. Yeah, thank yeah. you for putting on the whole run too. It's nice to have a sanctioned bona fide. 100 mile race that reflects montana yeah and it's yeah. like everything it's it's good it's tough it's in a it's in a beautiful place and it's just it's amazing i mean i think it's some, a race that we can be proud of for montana well, i appreciate that mm-hmm. yeah it means a lot that's what i'm striving for at least <laughs> hopefully we can be doing it here for the next i don't know how many years a long time yeah so, yeah just keep coming back and keep telling everyone it's awesome it is <laughs> it is if it wasn't, we would tell them, but it is. So <laughs> it was. It was uh, the toughest thing I ever did, and I, I I can't wait to do it again. Perfect. Yeah. So Megan, we, we wanted to thank you for your time. Is there anything you wanted to add that you maybe you didn't get to go over, or any shout outs? Anything you want to add? Oh man, I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I think we got everything covered. Um, go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so for um. Everyone out there, is it Dahan? Dion? Yeah. Dahan. Megan Dahan, Dahan, race director and the creator of the Crazy Mountain 100 Ultra. And if you haven't, even if you're not going to do it, get out there and volunteer. You have to get on the wait list or else. Um, just get out <laughs> just there for and crew somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got lots of spots uh, for other, other things. So we're adding more positions this year. So it'll be great. Right. You can volunteer on the website. Sounds good. All right, Megan, thank you so much. Thank you for uh, everything, and we sure appreciate it. And thanks for coming yeah, on. Thank you. Yep, thank yeah, you. Thanks for having Happy me. New Year. Happy you New too. Year. You guys have fun. Bye bye. I don't know what you said the first time. Second time. The first time. Second time. I don't know. I thought I was saying it in the intro. You said it differently in the first time. Oh, I said it wrong. I think you said mean person. <laughs> He said, Pia. mean lady. Pia. <laughs> okay. That's about all the time we have. One thing, though, is um, oh, God. just for the locals, drive, you can drive up there. There's trailheads. 
because I had been driving by that place for years, and then um, I didn't know we could just drive over there. And trailheads are basically places you park your car, and there's a trail there, and you can just hike. Yeah, I want to go. I want to drive to Half Moon and yep. go that thing. See, I went there before, and then uh, me and my brother and our kids, we went there together, and we just took a bunch of food, and mm-hmm. we spent the day hiking. And we went up underneath Crazy Peak, though. The mm-hmm. race doesn't go that way. Mm-hmm. And there's um, some lakes up there. Yeah, there's lakes all over up there. It's just it's just a beautiful place. But, you know, and that I didn't know we had access to lands like for, for so long. And, mm-hmm. and it's really weird being dislocated from your own homelands and then yeah. realizing that, hey, there's parking spots and trails over there. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. so if you park there, then it's only, I, I, I want to say only, but six miles to the summit. But <laughs> Only. <laughs> It's a good climb, but if you can do it, I rec- I highly recommend you do it. Yep, just find Half Moon. Is it campground or trailhead? Half trailhead. Moon Trailhead, half Crazy Mountains. Yeah. It's not for the faint of heart. Mm-hmm. Like really, the elevation is tough. So. Yep, but if you can do it, I highly recommend it. Yep. You'll get a piece of what what a taste of what we've done is pretty 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 wicked. I wish I had more of an extensive vocabulary where I can actually say the things I'm trying to say without sounding like such a big buffoon. Uh-huh. Well, Jason, what'd you think? Uh, it's a lot. It would be a lot of work. Like, even when we do the mom's trail here, mm-hmm. I'm worried that of everyone running because of the mud and stuff. And I know. I was thinking about having a 100-miler, and you literally are worried. Yeah. I want everyone to come home, you know. I know. Well, as, soon as, as soon as the gun goes off and they're all taken off, I'm kind of sitting there thinking, okay. They're in God's hands now. Hopefully they make it back. <laughs> so hopefully they don't take a wrong turn. But then taking a the wrong turn out there, that would be tough. That wouldn't be good at all. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. We sure appreciate you. Uh, we sure appreciate having Dr. J back for a little bit. Hopefully we can yeah, it was nice to be here. pump out a few more episodes if we can. Hopefully cross our fingers and just let let you guys marinate on them. <laughs> Marinate on them. <laughs> well, thanks to our guests. For, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank Appreciate you, Megan. Megan with the Crazy Metal. And trip. everything you've done for the running community and mm-hmm. communities like ours. So thank yeah. you. Um, I don't know, because last year, Megan and was a Mountain Ultra? Mountain Ultra? Mm-hmm. Mountain Ultra. And they sponsored um, a group of us to go out there and they didn't, they didn't have to do that. I think they would have been able to sell those spots really easily. And thankfully for out of the goodness of their hearts, they picked a bunch of uh, native runners to go run in our, in our land. So, and only one of us finished. Only one of us finished. <laughs> <laughs> I should have picked some better runners. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to, we're going to finish this year. And I think that uh, yep. it's going to, it's going to be a lot. Can't wait to get that freaking buckle i know i keep thinking about that buckle missed out man that was a good buckle i know i had a picture of it printed out and i look at it every day too i wear the red i wear the red shirt or the red jacket that they gave us Uh uh-huh and i just kind of feel like i don't deserve to wear it and it's a nice i'm gonna put a big giant dnf on there somewhere and just put a little dnf on the arm (laughs) the left arm (laughs) a little dnf yeah well yeah it's it's an amazing run but i we're gonna finish we're gonna finish jason yep all right, everybody, stay tuned for next episode. It's going to be a doozy, I'm assuming. But anyhow, run hard and run like the wind. <laughs>